So, optional lesson E, more economics. I ended up struggling somewhat, maybe you did too, trying to, um, here's my perception, I'll give you a name in a second, but just by way of uh, how this chapter struck me was, I ended up feeling like to, to get a real grip on how the, you know these the, the, the particulars and the and the mosaic law in such a way that I could really accurately or legitimately bring forward the principles into say our culture just on the the, uh, the, the first section under wages you know the relationship between employers and workers and the responsibilities and the rights and so forth. I felt, you know, there's, there's, there's statements about that in Exodus, and there's more in Leviticus, and then what we had tonight in our Deuteronomy passage. And then there's other places, other illustrations of that in other old, you know, subsequent Old Testament books, and then there's New Testament. And to really understand it, I felt like, gee, I'd really need to, you know, I'd need to spend like a whole semester to get you know, studying all of that, to really get a grip on uh, on any of these topics. So in some, in a little ways, I was frustrated in that sense. I kept thinking, reading. I did a little bit of external reading, um, but I just didn't. I didn't really solidify in any real um, comprehensive way. You know, real real conclusions. So with that as a uh, uh, what would you call that a caveat or a an excuse or a, yeah, a disclaimer. That's the word I'm looking for. A disclaimer. <laughs> uh, here we go. So I'm just going to give you a couple some thoughts, maybe some some cross references that struck me from each of these divisions. You got the four divisions: wages, gleaning, hospitality, and the year of release. It's pretty much that's the way the, the lesson was structured. Here's the aim that I wrote down uh, from this lesson. That is to show, to cause the audience to know, which is the T C T A T K. I know y'all love that, right? T C T A T K. To cause the audience to know that God's laws are a reflection of his character. And what, one of the questions, even the question one sort of implied that uh, as we, as you it told us, as you study this lesson, the various portions of the chapters in this lesson, try to Try to see God's character and how God's character is the basis for the particular instructions or laws. So I took that as my aim. And I said an implication. Here's the implication to me of, of, what I, of that, that God's laws are, are a reflection of his character. The implication is that I should seek to learn how that is so and let that understanding inform my attitudes and actions, and I put in parentheses, including how I vote, Re- Regarding social policy, and that's just one, uh, you know, it's not an exhaustive answer or an exhaustive implication, but that's how that struck me. That's what I mean by that God's laws are a reflection of his character. I need to be able to see that and think about issues in our culture from that perspective, try to learn what I can from, from the Old Testament and see how, you know, how does it bring forward, because there are places where God said, I'm giving you this law because I redeemed you. You know, you were once a slave. So there's definitely connection to the, to what the specifics of what God was, was commanding them. 
and who he was and how he treated them. So anyway, um, so under under wages, here's a here's some cross references that I that that struck me um, because it it seemed to me that the the what's the right word? There's certainly a concern for the worker. There's definitely some some recognition of the of the rights of the property owner as well. But there's de- but there is unmistakably, I will say, a, con- a concern, and I'll say a, a concern from on God's part for workers, for those who need to work in order to provide their needs. And so here's a couple of cross references that that just solidified that for me. Proverbs fourteen thirty one. Whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker. And I guess that's the poor man's maker. Who is God, right? Uh, Whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker, but he who is generous to the needy honors him. So there's there's a connection between how I would treat a poor person and and my treatment, my attitude toward God. Uh, and, and, And a recognition of of God's relation, that poor person's relationship to God. God is his or her maker. Uh, similarly, Proverbs 17.5 says this, Whoever mocks the poor insults his maker. He who is glad at calamity will not go unpunished. And then, uh, Lord, you mentioned James in our uh, discussion in our group, and I had this. So James chapter 5 you know, this is one of these verses. I told you, every so often I'll read a passage and I'll just say, I hate that verse. Y'all ever hear me say that? I said that in Sunday school a few weeks ago. And I, after class, I realized I probably should have clarified a little bit. Uh, but, I mean, the, you know, the class I'm in, we've been together for years now. So they probably kind of understand that I say things like that. But James, and of course, and James is full of uncomfortable uh, passages, uh, uncomfortable instructions because they're so clear. Right? It doesn't. It, Get out of the way. It's like you don't need a lot of interpretation. You don't need to read a lot of commentaries. It's like, oh, yeah, gosh. The, I, yeah. So here's one. Come now, you rich. And by the way, that's probably all of us. And, and you know, you, you've been told that, right? We, 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 uh, we have more than, yeah, pick your big number, 90%, 95% of the rest of the world. Um, come now, you rich. Weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded and their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You, I'm not saying that's character, but here it comes. You have laid up treasure in the last days. Behold, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields which you kept back by fraud. Not only did you keep them back, you did it by fraud somehow. It says the wages are crying out against you, and the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. And that that was so uh, close or so similar to one of the verses in our study in Deuteronomy that it said, be careful, don't withhold the payment of the wages of the worker, lest he cry to the Lord against you and it be sin, right? So James is basically saying the same thing in, in much harsher terms. Um, but just that that connection between 
the poor or the worker, not just necessarily the poor, but the worker and God. And then finally, uh, here's another one. First John three sixteen. Uh, not John three sixteen, but First John three sixteen. By this we know love that He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does the how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. That's First uh, John three sixteen. So I wrote a couple of principles. I've just tried to summarize what I'm seeing there. One is that God cares about fair treatment of workers and their families. It wasn't so much in those verses, but in the verses of that we read about, you know, when you release uh, the, the, the slave, the, when it comes time to release, you don't just let him go. You've got to provide. You've got to give him a nice severance um, first. It takes, helps him take care of his family. Uh, number, number two that I wrote down, God's love and compassion toward his people in their state of need should inform my attitude and behavior towards others in their state of need. Let me say that again. So God's love and compassion, God's love and compassion toward his people in their state of need should inform my attitude and behavior toward others in their state of need. All right, so gleaning then was the second division, which is a few verses out of chapter 24. Here's just some principles or some thoughts. It looked to me like the, the gleaning laws support the concept of a welfare system that requires some level of work. I was struck by the fact that on the one hand, the, the, the recipient of the gleaning of that provision had to go out to the field, right, had to, um, and, and gather and, and do some work. But from the property owners, the one who, who owned, it was essentially, you know, I'm using this term maybe broadly, but it was essentially a, a form of taxation. It was, a, it was, I've got some wealth, and for the betterment of the larger community, I need, to, I need to be willing to give up some of my wealth, my possession, for the community. Um, it's just part of my responsibility. So I thought, well, so that, that might inform the way I think about welfare and how I think about uh, policies and how I vote and so forth and how I even talk about it. And part of I'm preaching to myself because you don't know me that you, you may not. I mean, I, I, I grew up just as a Republican. I don't know why. Just when I, I woke up one day and I just, I'm all, you know, whatever. And uh, I'm just all, my, my default position has always been toward the, the the business owner and I don't know if that comes because I grew up in a up in a middle class family my dad was college educated you know anyway um, so I always you know for a long time I thought labor unions are, are uh, I don't know what bad word I would use but I always felt bad I just thought labor unions were just wrong as I've gotten a little older and a little wiser and, and reading the scriptures for a long time, I realized, yeah. And, and, of course, I've been in work, and I've been in some context where I thought, yeah, I know why this company has a labor union. And, and who was it that said, every company that has a labor union deserves it? Who said that? Somebody? Did y'all hear that? I read that or heard it some 20, 30 years ago. But I remember hearing, I think, that, that rings true. If you treat your workers right... I mean, I'm, you know, I'm painting with a broad brush here, but 
um, that you, they would not feel the need to organize against you. Um, very simple, simple, simplistic understanding. I get it. Um, here's another principle from gleaning. God's blessings to me are not just for me. That was in some of the passages, maybe not even in the gleaning passage so much, but it was in there somewhere, that God blesses us, not just for us. And he he told Israel, I'm going to bless you, but not just for your own personal. I'm going to bless you that you might bless others. Uh, And we see that in a New Testament version of that is over in 2 Corinthians 9, 11. And who remembers uh, Earl Stevens? You know, God loveth a cheerful... uh, a hilarious, a hilarious giver in the King James, former pastor here back in the 60s and 70s. Um, and I guess barely into the 80s, maybe, 80, 81, I don't know. Um, but in that, in Second Corinthians 9, uh, let each man give, so, you know, I'm not, but here's the key word that, that relates to what I'm talking about here. Verse 11, it says, you will be enriched in every way, to be generous in every way, which through us, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. So again, that's just that idea. God, God will enrich us that we might be generous to others. Uh, hospitality, I really have some question about, and we talked about that a little bit in our group, how they immediately went to travelers. I've got some, just some uh, hermeneutical or interpretation kind of questions as to you know, because it says if you go into your neighbor's field, and I thought, boy, just take that literally on the surface, folks think, well, I think he's got some good-looking grapes over there. Yeah, yeah I'm hungry. <laughs> My grapes aren't looking so good. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, I mean, kind of, I know that's a wrong, but that's just the way my mind went. And I thought, I can have people just eating me clean. <laughs> you know, lunchtime, let's go over. Buddy's got some good-looking <laughs> olives over there. It just, but it went to travel. I just couldn't see in the context exactly how you immediately got there. So I had some issues, as you can tell, with that. But here's what I wrote down. Uh, My attitude toward, my attitude toward and use of my possessions should reflect God's attitude towards his possessions. Now, how in the world did I get that? Somewhere in there it talks about God who, who owns heaven and he owns earth. And yet he, he gives of his possession, which is you know everything, the universe, <laughs> uh, for his people. He's generous. Uh, that, sh- I, that should inform my attitude toward my possessions. My, my attitude toward and my use of my possessions uh, should reflect God's character, to simplify that a little bit. And then this last section, uh, the year of release. One of the principles that I wrote down for that, in fact, the only principle I wrote down for that, is, um, I never thought about this, but it's, and I think I read this. It was either in the notes in the study guide or it was in the, one of the commentaries I was reading. But the thought was that, that loans, in, this, in, in, this con, in the context of, or the perspective of lending to others that we see in Deuteronomy is that loans were for the benefit of the debtor, not for the creditor. <laughs> It'll happen in a minute. That's all right. <laughs> loans were for the benefit of the debtor, 
not the creditor. Um, just that the, the one loaning need to just be willing to loan because the person needed it. The person in need needed the help. With you know, in fact, part about even if it's like the fifth year, and you know, the seventh year when is coming, it's close, and and so your risk is ma- is maximized. I'm not going to get this thing back. And you just and and the, and the scripture here is like specifically, don't let that ch- affect your attitude to where you hold you know where you put your hand up or where you you know don't let that unworthy thought get in your heart. Because I'm thinking that's exactly where, you know, that would be exactly be my attitude. And But the point is, this guy needs help. I've got the wealth. I need to loan it to him. If it, it, With the understanding that I, it may be a gift. And so just trying to capture that spirit, loans really were more for the benefit of the, the debtor. It wasn't for me as an opportunity. I can loan you this stuff and get a healthy, a nice interest rate, and I can come out to the good on this whole thing. It wasn't That wasn't part of it. Um, so, so that's my four divisions. And then when I, uh, I, I did one final thing, I just tried to do a summary trying to, and so here it is, um, from two perspectives, from the perspective of the one in need. So in our, in our lesson, that was sometimes the poor, the alien, the sojourner. Uh, the, the one in need, two thoughts there. One is be willing to work. If I'm the one in need, Deuteronomy tells me, in the Mosaic economy, I was to be willing to work. And then two, I needed to respect the rights of the property owner. That was one of those little details. When it said, look, if you go into your neighbor's field and get some grapes, you get all you can eat, but you can't put any in your bag. I thought, that is so practical. Or, you know, you, you can get the wheat, but you can't take a sickle. You can't harvest you a crop while you're in there, right? It's an all-you-can-eat. You don't get a doggy bag, right? You can go to uh, what's uh, what's the what's the all-you-can-eat buffet? Um, <laughs> that's a good one. The one I'm thinking of, I don't have a real high opinion of, but some of you guys may love it, so I got to be careful here. Um, who's the funny guy, the comedian that's there? There you go. Is it Golden Corral? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can go and pig out all you can eat, but you, they're not going to give you a doggy bag, right, to take out tomorrow's, you know, tomorrow's breakfast and tomorrow's lunch. So that's for the one in need. Be willing to work. Respect the rights of the property owner. Uh, then two, from the, from the, for the one with the resources, number one, remember that God is the source of my resources. That, that came out in several places in these chapters, in these verses. Um, God has blessed me. God is going to bless me. That's the basis of my. So therefore, I need to remember that. That and, and we saw in you know a few previous chapters where God said, "Look, don't think when you get into the land that's going to be pretty sweet. Don't even start to think that you got there by yourself. That somehow you were the one who made it all happen. You know, don't you got to remember? God is. You know, Moses is telling them God's the one doing this. Don't forget that." Uh, and then secondly, remember that God is compassionate and generous. So you should be too, or I should be too. So if i got resources, I need to remember that God is compassionate and generous. So I should be too. So those are my thoughts from this lesson. Uh, what's our lesson for next week? Ten. Lesson 10. 
Let me pray for us. Lord, we do. Uh, it's good to think about, in, in, by reading these specific injunctions, these specific guidelines and rules, to see that you, uh, you are compassionate and generous. You're compassionate toward the worker, toward those in need, the poor. And you expect us to be that same way. And, uh, and you, but, but gosh, I love, Father, the way that the, the, the honesty in the scriptures about the, the respect for property and the recognition of property ownership. So, Lord, as we uh, think about this, the things we've studied this week, and as we continue the next few weeks to finish our study in Deuteronomy, we just ask you again, Lord, to help us see these specific things in that particular context and learn about you and learn about how you want us to relate to you and how you want us to relate to the people around us, Lord. We just ask you that you would do that for us in Jesus' name, and we ask it for his sake. Amen. Amen.